Welcome to the Adam and Julie podcast. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. We are here. Yeah. Yeah, well, we decided to do something a little special this week, kind of... We weren't really planning it, but Julie spoke on something that was on her heart at Celebrate Recovery this week about what you can't control. What you can't control, you can surrender. Yeah, and, and it, it was really good. And so we thought we'd post this up, and it's not like we're going to post a lot of our talkings or our sermons or our teachings. We definitely want to do more interviews, but this kind of gives you um, a little bit of a, an inside look of... Yeah, kind of gives you a picture of our story a bit. Yeah. And my heartbeat really is anytime I come across people that I, I see that they're struggling with this type of issue, with with controlling someone, with trying to fix their life, a lot of the things that I struggled with in our story, um, that's just my heartbeat. And so this message um, that I taught the other night has been on my heart for a long time, and I finally was able to share it. Yep. And it was amazing how it came at the perfect time. It wasn't planned that way. Yeah, this time of year is definitely... Um, I, I'm going to use the word special for us because I don't yeah. want to give it any... I don't want to give the darkness in it any power because that's right. not true. It, it is this... Uh, this is where the journey really, I wouldn't say it began because it began way before that, but this is where it really started to take root and start to change. And God was really changing some things in our lives right. that we had no idea what was going to happen. Exactly. And it was neat when, when we got home from this, I really didn't want Julie to post this because um, some of the things you're going to hear in here are heartbreaking for me. And, and, and it was neat to see in this teaching how I'm still trying to control my feelings in some of this. Mm. And I needed to do a bit of a heart check, like when we're talking about my drug use or um, some of those things. Like when we got home on Tuesday night, I was so proud of how well you did, but how did it, how did the conversations really go? Yeah. I, there was definitely some anger within me, not towards you, towards me yeah. about what I've done. And, and it was, it was tough right. to kind of give the green light, to post this. And, um, I had to do a heart check right. in a sense to say, um, it's neat. We're in the series at the church right now about sowing seed and, yep. and what this actually, what it means to pour in and give back. And I believe I can't hold this back that if the mistakes I made can't help people, right. then that, that was my whole heart for getting into this ministry in the first place. Yeah. But isn't it neat how sometimes that can change, Julie, how, can. how you kind of, it, it's not always easy, right? And sometimes no. it just hits you. It is it is a sacrifice and it is hard to to share your life and mm -hmm. to to bring up some of that those hurtful times, but Yeah. It was but, funny because at CR a couple of people asked me if I was okay. And I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally okay. Like this is <laughs> like we've done this a million times. This is behind me." And then to get home and those feelings to come up, it's just amazing how Satan tries to derail you at any yeah. time. Yeah, he doesn't want our story shared. No, and he doesn't want your story shared. Exactly. Um, and when I say your, I don't mean Julie's. I mean whoever's listening. And I just want to encourage you. Um, there's so much power in sharing your hurts, habits, and hangups. Yeah. And it frees many people, including the person with the story. Isn't it funny? After everyone <laughs> shares at Celebrate Recovery, so we have testimonies every other week, what Adam and I always tell them, we sit with them and we pray with them and we say, now listen. We, well, that, we don't want to speak into that though. But could, We but don't. Yeah. No, no. Because not always. We don't. Right. But we get feedback mm -hmm. that the next day after they share that they have feelings of regret 
and mm. just the enemy speaks into them about that stuff and we just don't give that power no but even for us that's what happened to us yeah, right it did and we and recognized it, was, it right away yeah it, it, it's just it sucks it yeah. does like i hate what i did right i do and i want it to go away i i don't want to talk about it anymore like the adam adam right. the the non-pastor or the non-passionate people for the person, passionate person for people to get healing and help. I want it to go away. I do. And it's funny. I came in and I was talking to uh, one of our pastors here, Pastor Andy Broad. He's a great friend and also a, co- a colleague. But I was just saying, and he's like, Adam, he says, the reason you're in this role is because you were able to be transparent. And it's funny. It's not saying that God wouldn't have put me in a pastoral role at some point, but it definitely... Um, fast-tracked it. And because sharing the story, what it did is it defeated the enemy. Exactly. It, it puts Satan on his face in a sense. And if I give him any ground, it's it's just amazing how quick that can creep up within us. So as an encouragement, um, you might be scared about your story or you want it to go away. And I'm just going to say it, I'm healed and that's gone, mm. but it's not going away. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. It, it's... I made some mistakes. We we made some mistakes. We tried yeah. to bury things that should have never been buried. That's right. And if we start to bury things now, yeah. Uh, what's why? Yeah. What what is that's not the voice of God. That's right. Right? That's 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 a heart check. So anyway, we wanted to we wanted to share this with you. Um one of Julie's first talks other than her testimony. Um God's definitely touched her and anointed her and she's got a powerful story and She's got some real life wisdom that I can tell you, I would not be in this job. (laughs) There's many days that I would have took control and just walked away from what God had called me to do without Julie's help and wisdom in our family's life. So Uh, I really believe you have a word, Julie. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Really good. We're super excited for what's to come too. So we're happy to share this episode with you. So it's letting go of control. What you can't control, you can surrender. Yeah, this is great. All right. So have a listen and we'll catch you um, pretty soon with an interview with uh, Katie and Mikey Peterson. So we're excited about that too. Anyway, love you. Stay tuned. Bye. So I'm a believer who's had some recovery in the area of control, and my name is Julie. I'm going to just open in prayer. Dear Father, thank you for your love. I pray that you would use my story and your word to speak to hearts tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I say I've had some recovery in the area of control, and I'll show you what I mean. So this is last year's attempt to get a Christmas picture in front of the tree. What I really wanted was a picture of our whole family wearing a Christmas PJs, Um, but my husband, he would not do it. And because I'm I'm working on my control, because I'm working on my control, we'll go back to the first picture there, because I'm working on my control, I didn't make him do it. I just made my kids do it. So see, I'm doing so much better. And they were not happy campers. So Lincoln, he was crying because I pulled him away from his game. And Sawyer, well, I'll show you the next picture there. 
So Sawyer, so it's like pulling teeth to just get him to stay still for two seconds to take a picture. So there were as many pictures taken, one turned out okay, there was threats, I mean, it was tears, just craziness. And, you know, and then you post it on Facebook, hashtag blast, you know, can you relate to that? So, anyway, Adam, where is Adam? Oh, dear, before I forget, seriously though, sorry, this is kind of weird, but this Sunday, we really need to take our picture for our card this year. And I'm so flexible now, so you can wear whatever you want. As long as it's red and white, because I really want it to match. You know the dog scarves that we just got? Anyway. At least I'm not as bad as this mother. So put up that picture. So can you imagine how controlling you would have to be to be able to get your husband to put a onesie on? Like, I am way better than that now. So that's why I say I'm getting better with my control. But seriously, how many of you out there love to control at least one area of your life? Raise up your hand. Okay, now I don't feel so bad up here. I don't feel so lonely. So we're going to let Luke's gospel speak to us about letting go of control. And so we're going to look at chapter 1, and this is the story of the birth of Jesus foretold. Would you stand with me as we read this? I'm going to start in verse 26. All right. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, everybody say confused and disturbed. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Some of you right now are confused. Life is going pretty good, and then all of a sudden, that happened. And you're left not knowing what to do. You're like, what in the world is happening? How did we get here? I can't believe this is happening right now and you're disturbed. I don't want to do this. Like at this point in my life, we got to do this? And you're trying to think, how can I fix this? Mary was confused and disturbed. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, I don't think so. (laughs) Like... I can't be pregnant in my wedding dress. Like, I'm getting, this is not in my five-year goals. This is not supposed to happen. I don't want a baby bump in my wedding photos. Like, I paid a lot of money for that dress. No, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. 
You guys can have a seat. Thank you very much. So there's another version I like. It's called the English Standard Version, and it translates like this. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be. Everybody say, let it be. Let it be be to me according to your word. Disturbed, confused, the angel speaks, and she says, let it be. So have you ever been in a spot in your life where suddenly you realize you were put in a situation and it hits you that you're not in control at all? Like up until now, you've had problems, like everybody's had problems, but you've been able to come up with solutions and you've been able to work things out. But then that one thing happens and you realize, man, I'm not, I don't have control of this at all. So that happened to me a few times in my life. And I'm going to tell you about one tonight. In fact, it was five years ago this very week. And I just want to explain this. When I booked myself to teach tonight, the only reason why I did is because I didn't have a testimony booked for tonight. So I booked myself to teach. And when I sat down to prepare for this, it hit me the significance of this very week. And I knew right away this was of God. This was his plan. I mean, we can make, we think we're making plans, like I think I'm just filling a schedule. But it just showed me that God has a plan. He wanted me to do this. So I'm just asking all of you, if you'll do me a favor and just open up your heart and just be willing to receive whatever he has to speak to you tonight. Because I know for sure the whole time I was preparing, this is of God. Okay, can we do that? All right. So five years ago, this very week, I was faced with my biggest fear. So ever since 2006, um, my husband came home from rehab. He had been there for six months. He was there for a drug addiction, and he'd been addicted for a while, and things were really bad. But he came home from rehab, and he was a changed man. You wouldn't even recognize him. And we, we hadn't had a family at this point. I was 26 years old, and I had a big decision to make. I wanted kids, I wanted a family, and the years were going on, and, and we married at 21. And so when he came home, I was convinced that he was healed. We both were. We didn't know a lot about addiction. We didn't know other people that were going through what we were going through. And so I was very confident that he was never going to use again. And so we had our kids, and life went on. But ever since he came home, I did have a fear deep inside of me that he would relapse. I knew what life was like living with an addict without kids, and it was horrible. And I could not imagine living that life with a family, like going through that again with a family. So that was my biggest fear. And another fear I had was we had known some um, people at this rehab Adam went to that had injected. They injected drugs. And Adam had never done that. 
He used opiates. That was one of the things he had to go for. But he had never reached that point. And I remember thinking, oh, man, like, if that ever happened, that would be, like, my biggest fear. So just to bring you up to date, to that day in November, five years ago this week, I... I'm going to take a drink here before I get into this. <laughs> I go into the garage. Adam was in there working on something. And I went in to tell him something. And he was shooting up. And it was like somebody just punched me right in the face with all of my biggest fears. I mean, it's not like I just found out that he relapsed. So it was about three months before this day that I discovered he was using opiates. The doctor was giving them to him. And it had been awful. It had been bad for around three years, actually. But I did not know what was going on, whether he was using or not. But for three months that I knew he was on opiates... I had been helping him wean off. We went to the doctor, and it was brutal. I just kind of sucked it up and thought, we've been here before. Like, I I was so angry that I was here again, actually. And I was so worn and so tired. Adam, he basically just stayed in bed. He wasn't well enough to get up. He just always had an excuse. He couldn't, he didn't sleep the night before, so he needed to sleep in. So I was doing everything. So this is November, we're getting ready for Christmas. I was working full time. Both of my kids had the flu, the worst flu ever, the worst temperature. Um, I had a side business where I made art and I had a whole bunch of orders to fill before Christmas time. And it was, I was just barely hanging on at this point. But I thought, we can do this. We're almost at the end. We're weaning off, the doctor's helping us. I was just barely, barely hanging on. We had two kids. They were four and six. And, you know, I just did this for them. And just, I, and I did it all on my own. I was trying to fix it. I thought, I can't tell anybody. Because I didn't want anybody to say, you idiot. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Why did you even go back with him? And I felt shamed. Like, I didn't want anybody to know. I just thought... Okay, we'll just we'll fix this. I I've got to fix it. So when I walked in on him five years ago, and he was injecting, I knew it was all lies. He wasn't weaning. He was getting more drugs somewhere else, and now he's injecting. Every fiber in my being wanted to grab the Doritos, head up to bed, set up camp, and then get Adam to come up and tell me empty promises about how he's going to stop, how he's going to fix this. He's so glad that I found out because now he can stop. He was just waiting for me to find out, and now he can stop. And then we can just continue with our Christmas plans. We could put up the tree. Sawyer's wearing the Santa Claus costume. We could go to the parade, all the things that are happening right now, these weeks, that was five years ago today. I was disturbed and confused. 
I didn't want to do this. I thought, I just need to try harder. I can fix this. We've done this before. At least I know what this is like. I don't know what life is like without Adam. Like, what am I supposed to do? My kids loved him. He was a good father. They didn't even know what was going on. We kept it from them. I'd have to go and tell them? Sorry, kids. Your dad's going to leave at Christmas time. But I knew. I knew I couldn't keep doing this. I couldn't just enable him to keep doing this. It wasn't just going to stop. And the Lord was speaking to me. Do you know what my surrender looked like? It might not look like the godliest thing to do from the outside looking in, but it was the holiest thing I could do. I asked him to leave. And it was scary. It was really hard. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know what it was going to be like to tell my kids. I remember the Sunday right after I asked him to leave. I was sitting in church right here in these rows with my family. They had to hold me up. And I was worshiping and I just kept like reaching out my hands. I just kept doing this and worship. Like they were literally holding my body up. And I just was like, God, I just, I just surrender Adam to you. I'm so sorry I tried to fix this again. I can't do this anymore. And I surrender. So tonight, I want to give you just one thought, one main idea. It's a simple thought to remember, but it's not a simple thought to live. Because to live this out, it takes faith. But let me promise you, on the other side of your faith, you will always see the faithfulness of God. So here it is. You don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. Let me say it again. You don't always have the power to control, to make him do what you want, to make her behave like you want, to get your finances in order, to get your health fixed up, to get your kids to do whatever you want. You don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. When we read the story in Luke, when the angel appears to the Virgin Mary, a lot of us might think, well, that was easy for her. I mean, there's cathedrals named after her. There's statues named after her. She's the Virgin Mary. No, we got to realize Mary, scholars say that she was between the ages of 13 and 15. So she was just an average girl with plans. She had dreams and plans. And the angel comes to her and says, no, Mary, God has something different for you. And she was disturbed and confused. Some of you had a plan. You met that guy who made you feel special, and then he started to hit you, and you didn't see that coming. Or maybe for you, you hoped to have three kids, but you couldn't even conceive your first. 
You thought that job was perfect when you got it. You didn't know that the company would eventually be downsizing. And now you could be losing your job and you're barely paying your rent. And it's weighing on you. Maybe for you, you were finally ready to retire, live the good life. You're going to start to travel. But now you're raising your grandchildren because your child is an addict and you're left disturbed and confused. Could be a health issue, could be a financial weight, it could be any number of things. You didn't see that coming, and you were like Mary. When you think about it, Mary didn't know the end of her story. Like she didn't know that there, in three decades, Jesus would die on the cross, he would be buried, and he would raise again while the angels were singing and he would ascend and he'd be seated at the right hand of God. She didn't know that part. And you don't know how your particular situation is going to end. And I didn't know when I surrendered the control of Adam and I was here and I just surrendered him and I asked him to leave. I had no idea that in five years all of you people would be sitting here and he'd help hundreds of people by sharing his story. I had no idea that five years ago when I was sitting there. She had a choice to make. You don't always have the power to control, but you do have the power to surrender. She had to make a choice between her dreams and God's destiny. She had to make a decision between her plans and what appeared to be God's purpose. She had to choose between her control and God's calling. And what I love about Mary is this. Even though she didn't understand the plan, she knew that her father had a purpose. God's doing something. He's doing something. You always have the power to surrender. When you think about it, there's no such thing as partial surrender. Like, you're surrendered to Jesus or you're not. It's not like, well, I'm like 87.5% surrendered. Like, I trust him with my soul, but not with my family. He's not getting that. No, there's no partial surrender. What is our desire to control rooted in? For me, and trust me, this lesson tonight is for me. But for me, the desire to control is rooted in my lack of faith. The more I find myself trying to control, the more I overestimate my ability to control, and then the more I underestimate God's goodness and his power to control. It's not easy, as I told you, because everything in culture tells us, you've got to make it happen. If it's going to be, it's up to me. And I've always struggled with this, because my timing is not his. And so if I don't feel like he's answering it right away, then I take over. But Jesus is something that is so polar opposite to today's culture. Jesus says, if you cling to your life, in other words, if you try to be in control, you're actually going to lose it. But if instead, if you give up your life, if you surrender to me, Jesus says, you will find it. In other words, to fully follow Jesus is to surrender control. Let it be. Surrendering control is not just like a one-time decision. Like back in 2014 when I surrendered control to Adam, it's all good now. No, it's a daily choice. 
And we look, when we look at Mary's surrender, what's interesting is every time she chose to surrender, she eventually saw the faithfulness of God. Think about this. You're a virgin, and you're going to be pregnant. She's going to tell Joseph this, and he very well could end their engagement. She'll be shamed for this, or worse. But she surrenders. And what does God do? She doesn't know God's going to do this. But she sends Gabriel, an angel, to Joseph in a dream and lets him know this is legit. She surrenders, and then she sees the faithfulness of God. People around town, you know, they're whispering, Oh, Mary, I saw her donkey at Joseph's house at 2 a.m. I know what they were doing. And she's shamed for this. But what God does is he sends, he gets the Holy Spirit to confirm to her relative Elizabeth that this is the Son of God, and it helps. You think whenever Mary is giving birth, she's nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey. There's no room at the Hampton Inn. She can't get into the Delta. That's not ideal. So she finds a cave. There's animals there. Well, that's not awesome. But then the shepherds show up to worship, and then she remembers, oh, yeah. God is with us. Herod the king gets word. Who is this baby? We need to kill him. Imagine. The king and all the forces want to kill your baby. And Mary just says, I trust you with my child. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. And then he leads them. They they find a way to flee to Egypt. I trust you. I trust you. How do you pay the bills when you're on the run like that? I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Then he sends three wise men with payment in the form of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'll get the band to make their way up. I want to give you the opportunity today to take that moment like I had five years ago when I was sitting there and I surrendered Adam. If you have a situation or a person that you've been trying to control and you know that you can't fix them, and you need to surrender them. I'd love to give you that opportunity tonight to just write that down on your bulletin. And later when you go to group, I want you to share who that person is. What will your surrender look like? It may not be that you're going to ask one of your family members to leave your house. It probably won't look like that. Every situation is unique and different. But maybe for you, maybe you need to figuratively let go. Or maybe for you, it's not somebody else you're trying to control. Maybe you're trying to control yourself. Maybe you're trying to control your own addiction. Maybe you're addicted to drugs, alcohol, sex, food. And you've been trying to fix it on your own. And you're powerless. You keep going in the same circle. You're white knuckling it. You're trying to do it on your own. And then, like, if you could do it, you would have done it by now. So maybe you need to surrender your addiction tonight. Maybe you need to write that down. What I want you to remember is the person or the situation that you're trying to control that's on your heart, it's always better in his hand. 
If you wrote something down, if you're going to write something down, we're going to worship here in a minute, and we're going to dismiss to groups. I would love it if you guys would come up front. I'm going to get Adam to come up, and he'll pray for you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your cares, all your worries and anxieties on him, because your father, because he cares for you. What's so special to me about the story in Mary is, is when the angel appeared to her, he said, the Lord is with you, and he's with you. He's also called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I hope you feel that today. God is with you in your situation. So say yes. I choose to surrender. Because when you surrender, here's the promise. Our God can do way more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control.